Let us pray. Father, how grateful we are that Jesus has indeed redeemed us out of every nation by his blood. He has been risen from the grave and ascended back to your right hand. His rightful place as the eternal son of God for all time and all ages. So now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good evening again, everyone. Thank you for making being here a priority. I, it means a lot to me, and it, this is a, it's a very special service. And um, good evening, everyone, again, watching via the live stream. I made a decision a couple years ago that we wouldn't transfer Ascension Day to the Sunday after Ascension Day, that we would do Ascension Day on Ascension Day. And so um, it is wonderful to be here with you. What well, is Ascension Day? That day, that event, 40 days after Easter, after the resurrection, when Jesus was taken up into heaven right before the eyes of his disciples. On the church calendar, Ascension Day, always, because it lines up with Scripture, falls 40 days after Easter, so it's always a Thursday. And during the Ascension Day service, as you just saw after the gospel reading, we extinguish the Paschal candle, which symbolizes the risen Christ in our midst because he has ascended back to the Father. And now we wait with expectation for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, just about 10 days away. I think I counted right on that. Um, between the resurrection and the ascension, Scripture records that Jesus appeared to groups of his disciples multiple times. He fellowshiped with them. He ate with them. He, he clearly proved to them that he was physically risen from the dead, not just spiritually, but physically. Acts 1-3 reminds us that he showed this to them by many proofs. That's the wording there. And he gave them specific instructions during those 40 days as well. His instructions include the commissioning of his disciples in Matthew 28, 18-10, where we read, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. John 10 to 21 tells us, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Jesus also promised them that they would be empowered to be his witnesses. In Acts 1.8, as we heard read just a few minutes ago, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and we, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Just like his crucifixion and his resurrection, the ascension is the essential part of Jesus' earthly ministry. Yet it's often underemphasized for some reason. And yet the ascension of Christ back to the right hand of the Father is an event filled with promise for us as believers. And that's what I want to focus on this evening, to spend our time looking at four of the specific promises that are found in Luke's accounts of Jesus' ascension, both in the gospel bearing his name and in the book of Acts. Promise number one, Jesus' redemptive work is complete. The disciples see Jesus taken up into heaven before their very eyes. This is not an instance where in a flash he disappears from them sight, their sight. Instead, Jesus gradually ascends, eventually being enveloped by a cloud. 
I know I've talked about this example or illustration on Ascension Day um, before because I often fold it in, but there is um, a Catholic and Anglican shrine known as the Our Lady of Walsingham Shrine in Norfolk, England. Has anyone ever seen um, a photograph of the Ascension Chapel? Mother Valerie is waving her hand. The Ascension Chapel at the Walsingham Shrine. My wife has seen it because I've made her look at it. It's a shrine, um, a, a chapel, and in the and there is a sculpture of the Ascension. But what that, is, that sculpture is, and by the way, I have a picture of it in my phone if you want to see it after the service. But it's like this, this round um, circle of cloud with Jesus' two feet with kind of lightning bolts came off his toes just dangling out of the ceiling. And that's it for the Ascension. So it's just Jesus' feet going up through the ceiling. But it's a very famous sculpture and very famous place. But try to picture it with me. They're near Bethany on the Mount of Olives. He has given them their final instructions, their marching orders, if you will. And Luke's gospel says that he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he was taken up into heaven. You can kind of picture the disciples watching as he moves further and further away, acts as they were looking up intently. And you can just see that picture that as their, their eyes rose to the heavens and Jesus slowly disappeared from their sight, enveloped by the clouds. They get to the point where they're squinting and holding their hands over their brow to see him clearly. And then he's gone. But this, brothers and sisters, is the final, ultimate vindication of Jesus. We can't miss that. What his enemies said about him has been demonstrated to be absolutely false. The ascension together with the resurrection is his vindication because it proves him true. Everything that Jesus said about himself, who he is, what he came to earth accomplish, to accomplish is completely accurate and proven to be true and validated through the ascension. In an incredibly profound way, it reminds us of the value for us as the people of God of doing what we say we're going to do. Jesus, above all others, keeps, perfectly keeps his promises. Luke twenty two sixty nine 69 tells us, but from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. That from now on, in Luke twenty two sixty nine 69, has now arrived. Jesus, God the Son, is now returning to the Father's right hand. What he claimed about himself during his trial is true. He was unjustly executed. He is the Son of God. He was not rejected by the Father. Instead of being rejected, he is now received to the Father's right hand. Jesus is who he said that he is. The promise, Jesus' redemptive work is complete. His ascension, brothers and sisters, is irrefutable proof of that which you and I can trust. Promise number two, Jesus intercedes on our behalf. The ascension is not just a departure. It is also an arrival. An arrival back to the right hand of the Father. The conclusion of Jesus' earthly ministry marks the inauguration of his heavenly reign that sets his, the promises of the ascension into motion. And what is Jesus doing from the right hand of the Father? He is making intercession on behalf of those who know him as Lord and Savior. St. Paul writes in Romans 8.34, Who is to condemn? 
Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Because Jesus is exalted to the right hand of the Father, we don't have to go to God based on who we are or what we've done or through what anybody else has done. No, if we are new creations in Christ, if we are believers, you and I approach God through Jesus Christ, through what he has done, through the merits of the sinless Son of God who died for you and me. What an incredible assurance. What confidence that should bring us. The promise. Jesus is interceding on our behalf. Promise number three. Jesus empowers us. He empowers you and me to continue his ministry. Jesus calls us. Think about this. Jesus calls us to continue his ministry and complete his work on earth. What an awesome and overwhelming responsibility as we think about it. What a sacred duty has been entrusted to you and me. In Acts chapter 1, the disciples were standing there gazing into the sky but God doesn't call us to continue standing there gazing. We are called to work. We are to do the work of the kingdom. That's what Jesus said, John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. The ascension is essential, essential in order for us to do the work Jesus has, has for us to do. But he doesn't expect us to do this work in our strength. There's something else that couldn't happen until Jesus returned to the right hand of the Father. He spoke to his disciples about this in the upper room on the night he was betrayed. In John 16, 7-8, we read, Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And then continue verses 13 through 14. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit of God could not be poured out in all of his fullness until Jesus ascended back to heaven. We aren't called, and Jesus does not expect us to finish his work in our strength. Because the fact is, brothers and sisters, we can't. It's impossible. Human efforts, merely human plans, human ways of doing things lead to human temporal results. Let us never forget that. No, he makes available to us supernatural, God-breathed power, God's power to do the work of God. That's what the day of Pentecost is all about. That's why being filled with the Holy Spirit is so important. It's why we must desire and seek and want to be filled so that we can finish our Lord's work and walk out the commands and the, the promises he has made to us about being his workmanship and his workers here on earth. 
It's why among Jesus' last words to his disciples before he ascended were, and while staying in Jerusalem with them, he ordered them to not, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts 1, verses 4 through 5. Continuing in verse 8 of Acts 1, Jesus said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You want to hear God's missionary plan for evangelizing the world? There it is, right there. Jesus empowers us, and he is indeed calling us in his power, in the power of the Spirit of God filling us to finish his work. And then finally, promise number four. Jesus will return in the same way he left earth. This working is only for a season. Jesus is indeed coming back for everyone who belongs to him. He is coming in the same manner that he left us. That's what the angels told the disciples as he was being taken up into heaven right before their eyes. Just like in Luke 24, Two angels announced to the women at the empty tomb, He is not here, for He has risen, as He said. Here, two angels announced to the disciples at the ascension, basically, He's coming back again in the same way that you have seen Him taken up into heaven. If we believe in the resurrection, and if we believe in His ascension, we must also believe that He's coming again, and He's coming back just as He left. Jesus himself promised that he would return again in this way in Matthew 24. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Jesus will return again in God's glory just as he left us. And because of his ascension, we can count on it. May our hearts be prepared. May we always examine our lives and be about our Lord's work. What wonderful and incredible promises are ours as believers because of who Jesus is and what he has done and what he is still doing, even right now from his exalted place in the glories of heaven. His work is indeed complete. He is vindicated, vindicated, the Father has put his stamp of approval on all that Jesus has done. And right now, right now he is interceding for you and me. And he has called us. And he has made provision, ongoing provision, to equip us with God's power to finish his work. And ultimately he will come back, come up, return, come back again in the same way he left us. Just as he promised. The ascension assures us of all of these things. Let us pray. Father, we give you great thanks for the finished work of our Lord. We give you great thanks for the promise of the ascension. So fill us, Lord, with your presence. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Fill us with your Holy Spirit to be about your kingdom work. To do the work that our Lord has commanded us to do to take the gospel to the ends of the earth in the power of the Holy Spirit, to proclaim the good news, to see captives set free. 
And may we continue that work until that day when our Lord returns to fully establish his kingdom on earth. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.